Welcome to episode 19 of Chew on This, a Nerds United podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. So first of all, before we start the show, I just wanted to uh, give a quick shout out to Hang Cha, who just left, uh, well, a couple days ago, left a really nice review on iTunes. And so we always promise, you know, if you leave a review or a comment, that we will uh, give you a nice shout out. So Hang Cha, thank you very much for the review and the and the nice comments, and actually some good criticism on there, <laughs> which we always uh, enjoy, so that we can make the podcast better for all of you. So thanks, Hang Cha. Right, that's how you know that. Uh, that's how you know that it's not people that we know, um, because why would they be negative about it? Well, we could you know throw some negativity in there just to throw people off, but what's the point of that? Well. Well, we'll keep people guessing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, but thanks, Hang Cha. Um, so you can do that too. You know, we really appreciate any comments, any suggestions, or any, uh, if you want a shout out or if you want, uh, you know, certain, we, us to ter- talk about certain things, we would love to more than hear from you. And, you know, we have a Twitter feed at Chew on This Pod, and we have an Instagram at Chew on This Pod where we post some pretty funny memes here and there. And uh, you can email us at chewonthispodcast at gmail.com. So that brings us to today's show. Um, I had the pleasure of seeing my a movie in my top ten. It was actually number seven, I think, on my list. Mm-hmm. And that was The Jungle Book. Yeah, I think it was number eight or nine on mine. I think it was eight on mine. I think it was too. So uh, right off the bat... I, I noticed today um, I got on uh, Box Office Mojo and it said it it cleared a hundred mil for the weekend, which is pretty dang good. Yeah, it's that's kind of expected when the early reviews came out. I mean, I think I think before it finished, it was um, ninety four, or I think it's actually ninety five now, but ninety four percent before the weekend, and over a hundred and forty something reviews had clocked in over the week before the weekend started. So. You know, positive reviews, a recognizable name like the Jungle Book from back in the day, um, from the cartoon. If none of you have seen that, you you might be too young to actually have seen that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. I want to uh, say that was 1967 or somewhere around there. It was in the late 60s, I thought, or early 70s. It was before our time, but still, like it was one of those things that we grew up with watching, um, knowing the Jungle Book and things like that, and. I mean, I, I know you didn't get to see it um, the way that I get this, got to see it, but um, I saw it in IMAX 3D, and oh my god, it was, oh, it was just gorgeous. The, the film is just gorgeous, and the I can't remember the kid's name who was in the movie, but damn, that kid did a good job for basically acting to nobody, unless they unless they had like actors just playing the part, um, just sitting there. But still, that that kid apparently this is his first breakthrough role or first major role and uh he did a pretty good job um in, uh, in the movie. neil neil sethi so he's not white that's right that's right <laughs> yeah they actually got somebody who who is i mean the story of the jungle book i think is a um is like a it takes place in india um it doesn't okay. it doesn't say it in the movie well it doesn't say it in this movie but it does say it in in the cartoon it does okay. mention that it's, it's kind from of implied india. though a little yeah. bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the kid is, you know, in the cartoon, he's brown. What's weird about the cartoon is that uh, how short it is and how much longer the the, the live-action movie is. Oh, yeah. It, it feels like they, they added some things to it. They changed the ending, which we'll get to. 
Yeah, they definitely changed the ending, and it's pretty comical what they changed it from. Um, but they changed the they changed the storyline too, as far as how what happened to Mowgli's uh, how Mowgli became like what actually happened to Mowgli in the cartoon is not what happens in the movie. It's a little bit different, um, and I'm not too familiar right. with the actual novel or the book. But in the cartoon, if nobody knows, um, Bagheera actually just finds Mowgli crashed uh, off a sh- off a boat um, mm-hmm. on the side of a river or something. And in the movie, uh, it's actually Bagheera still finds him, but it's actually um, Shere Khan that kills his. God damn it! Spoilers. Was it? I forgot again. (laughs) Always fucking forget. Um, Shere Khan is the one who actually kills his um, dad and gets scarred uh, in the movie, which is pretty interesting. What do you think about that? Was that that an okay change? I mean, did it affect anything the way it made? No, I liked it a lot better. It it definitely had a bigger emotional attach to it because in the cartoon, Shere Khan doesn't show up until 75% of the movie is over. He's just a name that he's escaping from. So there's no reason for Mowgli to be even afraid of him um, because he's just a kid. He's like a nine or 10 year old kid. And they just tell him that he wants to kill him. And Mowgli's like, why does he want to kill me? I'm just a, you know, I'm just a little man cub and I pose no threat to him. Why don't we just tell him that as, and, and it's a lot different than, Shere Khan showing up right in the beginning of the live action movie and seeing what kind of a big threat he is. Um, so that well, definitely that, put a lot of weight to yeah. it. Yeah. And it's kind of a revenge thing. Like he wants, he's pissed off because he's scarred, number one. Right. You know, number two, he's, he, you know, I guess has had that taste before. So he wants, wants it again. So there's like a number of things going on. Yeah. The, um, the wolf pack also. Um, Mowgli doesn't really have a father in the movie, in the live action movie, as opposed to the cartoon where he actually does mm-hmm. have a father, a, a wolf father in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. So that's a okay. difference too. Um, and then the whole build up to Mowgli having to leave is very sudden too in the cartoon, whereas there's a nice build up in the, um, in the movie to, it, to it. It was definitely paced really well, I thought. I mean, it did have, a little bit of an issue toward the end, like which we'll get to. But like, I thought it was really paced really well up until you meet the the big monkey. Yeah, you know what? There was a that was that was definitely not. I don't know. It was weird, like watching the cartoon and then watching the live action movie. You know, he's just an orangutan, and then for some reason for the movie they made him like a thirty foot orangutan, like almost like <laughs> um, like Mighty Joe Young size. Right. Maybe even bigger, right. actually. He was humongous. Yeah, he was just fucking huge. And I was like, I don't yeah. know why that happened. Because everything, I mean, other than the fact that it's talking animals, the, the relative size of all the animals were were in real life, you know, other than the fact that it could talk. Yeah. But all of a sudden, I don't know why they decided to make like a 30, 30 foot orangutan in the movie. That, that was kind of weird. That was the kind of the weirdest part of the whole thing. And yeah. keep in mind that, that I just said that's the weirdest part in a movie with talking animals, but but everything was somewhat realistic as far as size and and um, and uh, like the animals and everything. Th- that part was realistic, which was good. Um, and goddamn, they're realistic looking, really well done. Yeah, the part that really like the 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 crowd gave a collect- collective like gasp or like a or like a ooh that's cute or whatever. It was this like one little shot. 
uh, it's raining. A little a little raindrop hits a frog in the head. Oh no way! That's that frog. happened in our theater. That happened in our theater too. Yeah, and the, and the frog wiped it off its head. I was like, holy shit! That thing looks real. Yeah, it looks crazy real. But you know, a frog wouldn't wipe his head like that. But it was still like everyone was like, holy crap! That was awesome. Yeah. So all the little details in the movie were really, really well done. Like you couldn't tell what was fake and what was, you know, real and whatnot as far as the, the landscape and all that stuff went. And there was a couple of jump scares yes. too in that movie. Yeah, yeah. There was a couple parts where I was like, where I jumped in my seat, you know, especially when they come up to the tall grass and, you know, uh, Bagheera's like, uh, stop, don't move, you know. And then Shere Khan just comes out of nowhere. It's yeah, like, that doesn't shit. that doesn't happen in the cartoon. Like I said, Shere Khan just shows up in the cartoon. Like seventy five percent of the movie in, he yeah he, he's about to attack a deer, and the elephants interrupt. This gives it way more of an impact and way more. Um, I don't know. Just it, it was a lot more entertaining and a lot more thrilling the way yeah. they did it. Yeah, definitely. And and so every time he would pop up, you'd get like a little tense, like "Oh shit, what's going to happen?" You know. Yeah, um, and, and and definitely great casting, getting Idris Elba to voice Shere Khan because that was oh yeah, that was, that was a beautiful cast right there. Absolutely, his voice is very commanding, and so it it really gave him a a menacing voice and also it went really well with that scarred face. That scarred face was like really creepy. Right. It you know, did scary. really, yeah. Like had a, had the white uh, uh, eyeball too. the pupil or whatever was completely whited out from the fire. Yeah. I, I, you know what? The, the cast was really good. They actually flipped sexes in the, uh, for Ka, the snake. Whereas in the cartoon, it's, yeah. it's a male and they get Scarlett Johansson and Ka in the cartoon actually shows up twice. Whereas, Ka in the movie only shows up for fuck like five minutes maybe and just tells yeah. the backstory and then you never see her again and I was like I wonder right. how she got paid for that shit because on all the posters you see Scarlett Johansson like top top billing I know there. pretty top billing I know and she, her it was really weird you notice the eyes they did the whole eye thing yeah like yeah in the cartoon but yep. they did it in a different way I like the I cool like the way they did that where it was like a shot within a the shot within the shot where she was hypnotizing him and then you moved into her eyeball and then all of a sudden that's where the story uh, took place or the background story. Yeah, that was such – it was really well done. I really like that. I mean visually, visually this movie is top notch. There's nothing – I mean I can't even imagine how long it took them to do Baloo with all the hair and everything on him. Oh, Baloo was like my favorite thing. I just love Bill Murray so much. Like that was just perfect casting. Yeah. I heard that I heard about that really early on and I was like, damn, that's awesome. Their whole dynamic so, changes too in the in the in this live action movie versus the cartoon because what was kind of interesting in the movie that they introduced that never happens in the cartoon is that they introduce tricks, which is just human ingenuity in the movie, the live okay. action movie, whereas there's no tricks in the um in the uh, in the cartoon and also, what I thought was interesting was that King Louis mentions the word fire, whereas everybody in the live action just mentions red flower. And where they got right. that word from was there's a line in the song that King Louis is singing that says red flower. Yeah, that's after the fact that he flat out asks uh, Mowgli for the recipe to make fire. And Mowgli's like, I don't know how to make fire. 
But then like right. 30 seconds later, he mentions or artistically sings the word red flower. And I guess the writers thought that was a good way to pull it out for animals to call it something other than fire since it's yeah, a main I like word. that. Yeah, that was good. I, I like the fact that they that called it really a red cool. flower. And, I like yeah. the fact, and he knew like King Louie knew it was a man thing. So like that's why he kidnapped the kid because he's like, I want that power. So you do it for me. Like help me out. So yeah. that made sense. It's just that sequence was just really weird. And then they try to make like this action thing, and it, it. I don't know. I thought that was kind of the. I mean, I got sucked. I sucked. I got sucked into that scene, um, because it was like it was pretty intense. But when you take a step back, looking at it now, it's like, why did you make an orangutan thirty feet tall? <laughs> right, and that was the second time that they actually uh, did a song in the movie. Um, they only did it twice. And, and, and it didn't feel, that one felt a little out of place. The one with Baloo in the, in the river just seemed to work because it was like something that he normally does. He's just like, let's just, he's just singing a song. But like when Louie does it, it feels like a production number. Well, there's only, there's only, there's only really two songs in the cartoon is, is Bare Necessities. And I can't remember what the King Louie's actual name Mm -hmm. of the song is. So those are the only two songs. And as good as all the other uh, voice casting was Christopher Walken has such a distinct voice and such a way of delivering things that it really kind of took me out a little bit um, yeah. of it. But you know, what's funny is that um, when I looked back at the cartoon, the guy who's speaking as King Louie, I don't know who the voice actor was for that. He kind of has like that kind of delivery, which is kind of weird. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. Considering yeah, that came did, first. Did get, they should have got like Mark Hamill to do it. <laughs> should have got somebody else to do it. Yeah. It, um, so the cast, I mean, Idris Elba is Shere Khan. Um, Giancarlo Esposito, he's, he played um, uh, that guy Kira. in Breaking Bad. Yes, but he played, he played, the, he played the head uh, of the wolf pack in the, in the live action right. version. And what's right. funny about that is, like I said, in the cartoon, he actually has a father who – um, a father and a mother cub. Oh, I'm sorry, father and a mother wolf. Um, and Akira is just the head of the the pack. And Akira flat out says in the in the cartoon that it doesn't matter how many wolves we are here, we we can't stop a tiger, basically. And right. in the cart and in the live action version, they're like, we can as a, as a pack, we can stop him. And yeah. you find it's, out towards different. the end how little <laughs> how little a wolf pack means to a tiger. I mean, oh man, he just takes him and just tosses him off the cliff. It's oh my like, god, that was fucking brutal. That was messed up. Yeah, my jaw like that was messed my up. jaw dropped in the theater. I was like, holy fuck, they actually just did that. And at that point yeah. in time, I had not watched the cartoon in so many years, and I was like, did that fucking happen in the cartoon? Because I don't remember yeah, that no, happening. You're like, I don't think that happened. No, <laughs> that yeah. happened in the cartoon. And you find out later that like he doesn't show up for seventy five percent of the movie. Um, but man, that was fucking brutal. And that, that whole sequence, the Cubs, the little Cubs telling that story. Just going to say that. Yeah, that was pretty good too. That was awesome scene. That was completely like made up. It reminded me of, uh, Scar in the Lion King almost a little bit, you know, that character. Yeah. But you know what that scene reminded me of when he's talking to the three or four, uh, wolf cubs, it reminded me of the scene, um, from gladiator when, Ah, oh, fuck! What's his name? Joaquin Phoenix's character in that movie. 
Uh, shit. I can't remember. I can't remember his name. But, but, he, I, but he's he's, he's the talking. Guy. Yeah, yeah. He he's the emperor, or the whatever, and he's talking to the um, the the son who's heir to the throne, and he's talking about uh, the bees or the busy little bees, and he's talking about uh, past emperors that betrayed uh, the the people who have betrayed past oh, emperor. Yeah, that story yeah. that reminded me of that, where like he knows that he's telling a story about what's going on right now. But he's like eyeballing in in Gladiator. He's eyeballing the uh, the queen, or not the queen, the the princess. The princess, yeah. And saying, oh like, yeah, he has that's that famous right. iconic that that famous line. He's like, he's like, tell me what the busy little bees have been doing, or I'll rain down death, or whatever he says in it. And then when he in <laughs> this movie, he's telling about the what is it? What bird was it? The cuckoo bird or whatever the fuck he was saying i think so it's like a, a bird that's in, extinct right yeah and he's looking right at uh lapita uh i can't remember yeah. her name in the movie but looking right at her as he's delivering the speech Ra- to the raksha yeah i was like uh, that reminded me of gladiator right there oh man you know what made me sad was uh gary shanling did a voice um the, the porcupine. porcupine yeah yeah that uh, was really cute. Like his voice is pretty distinguishable too, but it it was just really neat. It fit really well um, with the porcupine and that character. Yeah, he really developed. I mean, in a very very short amount of time, he developed a character. Hey, speaking porcupine. of speaking of actors that passed away that had a voice in something, did you did you get the Fantastic uh, Beasts trailer in front of your movie? Um, I did. But it was uh, not the new one. It was the teaser. okay because I got the new one, the IMAX version of the new one, and they had uh, Alan Rickman first speak in the movie in the trailer, wasn't it? Uh huh. Oh, it what was it? No, no, no wait, I think you're thinking, of, uh, you're thinking of you're thinking of Alice in Wonderland. Oh yeah, sorry, Alice in Wonderland. I saw the second trailer. Oh, actually, Alice actually, Alice and in the Looking Glass. Yeah, um, Alan Rickman was the uh, I think the blue butterfly or caterpillar or something like that and he's, yeah he greets her he's the first person to greet her when she comes through the glass the mirror right that's right yeah my fault not that one yeah that made me sad too but his voice is so amazing i wish he'd done more voice acting his voice is just awesome um so <clears throat> yeah stellar cast um i thought you know they took liberties with the story but i think he actually added to it and actually updated it and and did a really good job that was did you did you go back and watch the cartoon or did you watch the cartoon before i, I haven't movie? yet i i haven't yet i was kind of waiting to watch it with the kids um and uh but yeah we haven't had a chance yet and it's been years since i've seen it but i i have it so i actually went back um, and watched it after the movie and and goddamn, he did a whoever the writers were and and john favreau of course directed the movie they did such a great job updating it to live action, kind of like how the other Disney live actions f- fell short that nobody wanted to watch, like Cinderella. Um, fuck was the Ma- Maleficent? Well, like no, they tried to update all of those, and those all kind of fell short. Whereas this one, everything that they added into the movie, except for fucking King Louis being thirty feet, was yeah. was perfect, perfect. And they yeah. even changed the ending to do sequels. So really quick, if most of you don't, rem- do you remember the ending of the cartoon? Uh, I don't remember it. I, oh, no, wait, I th- no, 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 I do remember it. Uh, he he wandered off. He wandered off with the girl back to the man camp. <laughs> right. So he spends 
65, 70 minutes of the movie in the cartoon saying, I don't want to go back to the man camp or the man world. I want to stay in the jungle, right? All of a sudden, he happens to see or hear a, a girl about his age, um, the way that you were very, very beautiful in the cartoon. And all of a sudden, he's he just fucking goes back on everything that he says. <laughs> so the moral of the Jungle Book is, I will fight a fucking tiger to get my own way. But if pussy shows up that I want, fuck my morals. <laughs> he's in the booty for some booty. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> for the whole movie. I mean, he stands up to a fucking tiger because he wants to stay in the jungle world. All of a sudden, this little girl shows up about his age. He's like, <laughs> fuck the jungle. But this is the one thing the jungle does not have. It's yeah. <laughs> a, a female that I get to screw. Yeah. Uh, he's like, he's like, I got my bare necessities right here. I'm done. <laughs> oh my God. She's got a couple of necessities I'd like to get yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was fucking hilarious when I went back to see the cartoon and I was like, holy shit. No wonder they took that out because well, like the viewer is a lot smarter now. You know, and I know growing up watching that movie, that never occurred to me that I was like, hey, wait a minute, Mowgli just left the jungle world for pussy. But like right. it, it dawned <laughs> on me this time, I was like, wait a minute, he just spent that whole time saying, I want to be in the jungle. And then all of a sudden this chick shows up that he has no idea who the hell he is. And he's just like, fuck everyone else. I'm gone. I, yeah, it never occurred to anyone. But John Favreau did a very smart thing the way he ended this movie because it feels like they could eat. It's a standalone movie the way it is. but. Right they could make more. And I think that's genius because that the whole female thing could happen in the next one. If they do make another one, like she could show up not at the end of the film, but like in the beginning, kind of like Tarzan. Right. Right. Exactly. So it could possibly happen and then have a, a, maybe a man as a bad guy next time instead of an animal, whatever. So they opened it up to make another one if they want. And I think they're going to, because this thing is already made 300 million worldwide. In well, the, first week. the ending, the ending not only is open for sequels, but it just makes more sense. Like I said, the, the cartoon just like he just bails for he just bails for the girl, and in this one, yeah, you know he he sticks around, so it makes it makes so much more sense in the live action version. So, you know, this is the exact this is the exact opposite of when we always say or or when I always say like if the cartoon makes more sense in the movie then the movie sucks well in this in this case Favreau and the screenwriters for this movie made the cartoon uh inferior to the movie yeah I mean he did an amazing job many people like don't give him credit for some like the family movie he made which was Zathura which is a really well made you know, it family entertaining, you know, movie. It got overshadowed by Jumanji and some other things, but it's a really well movie. Was that before or after Elf? Uh, I, oh, that's a good question. I want to say it's after. Okay. And then Iron Man came after that. So, and he, you know, when he makes, he makes movies, he, he's, he's that kind of director that, you know, kind of like Ron Howard or somebody that really takes the material and like elevates it and does really fun things. I mean, he, he's, he stands out for me as one of like the premier directors that really does a good job entertaining, you know, families and whatnot. Like, like we talked about before his misstep, I thought was Cowboys and aliens. I mean, I don't know how you messed that up, but it just, the genre just didn't click, but his other films have been just wonderful. Even the really more 
intimate small films that he's done, you know, are, are, are really entertaining. Yeah. Um, Chef, Chef was one of my, is, is a great Chef film. is great. Chef is great. If you love food and you love, you know, you have kids or, you know, that kind of thing, you're going to love that movie. And, um, if you like comedy, you know, like he made, I think wrote swingers, but he made, um, he directed this movie called made with Vince Vaughn. It's freaking hilarious. It's even got P, P. Diddy, P Diddy in it back in the day. Puff daddy. Um, who's really funny in it, but, um, yeah, he's just really, really just a solid filmmaker, you know, and Iron Man is proof of that. I mean, he started the whole Marvel universe and, uh, now he's, you know, dipping into some other Disney properties and, you know, they started this thing off with the live action Cinderella, which like you said, kind of fell flat for me, but it did, it did a ton of money to the point where like, Oh, well let's do beauty and the beast next, which that comes out next year. And they're looking at doing Mulan, which I hope they don't hire Scholar Johansson for that. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, let's not get, uh, let's not get Kira Knightley to not play get Mulan. ahead of ourselves, but yeah, but uh, you know, it's uh, Disney's, you know, I think just doing a bang up job right now with taking their property and turning it live action, but but then not making it exactly the same. They're updating the material, really taking good care of like hiring the right directors and writers. And I'm looking forward to more of these things as they come out. Like I'm very interested. Of course, I don't know if you can do an Aladdin because Robin Williams is not around, so you can't do Aladdin. I'm sorry, but like other movies they could update and uh, and get some p- good people in there to do the voices and whatnot. I'm interested to know I'm interested to know how much of what they filmed for the live action comes from the actual novel or the book. Well, I would be interested in that too. I do know, I think I've mentioned to you this before to the listeners I can't remember, but there is a competing jungle book um movie, but it doesn't come out for another two years. Um, right. It's got, um, you mentioned it has, uh, what's his face is Andy Serkis's version. And I think he's directing it and he owns like one of the premier mocap, uh, studios in the world. Like he's done Gollum and Caesar from Planet of the Apes. He, he did Snoke recently. Um, anything that requires mocap, they go to him now and do this stuff. And so he decided he wanted to make a motion capture jungle book. So it's going to be Jungle Book again, but I think it's supposed to adhere more to the uh, Kipling version, more darker, more gritty. I know we've said that a thousand times about movies, you know, more gritty, more dirt, more dark, but it is. It's supposed to adhere more to it. And what I'm interested in that movie, because I will go see it, is that you're going to see the actor's expressions, you know, um, versus in Jungle, in this version, you know, their mouths move. But it doesn't have like that facial expression. But what, for whatever reason, it just seemed to work like for me. Because and when I saw the commercial for it, I didn't care for it. I'm like, oh, I hope the whole movie's not like that. But then when I watched the movie, it played really well. It worked just fine. Yeah, it worked great. You know, the, the, the mouths worked. You know, moved to the voice, and it was fine. But Andy Serkis's version is going to be a lot different. It's going to be like complete, utter control of the the actors have all the control over the performance. Well, from what I remember, from what I remember reading snippets here and there of what Kipling's book is about, the humans are involved more in that book. Um, yeah. Than, than even the last five minutes of the cartoon, like they show up halfway through. Yeah, I believe so. 
I, I think you're right. And um, so it'd be interesting to see that. Like we were talking about before, they haven't made competing films in a really long time. It's very rare when they do that. But this one, I can't think of anything that's as big as this that where they're doing two of them. Uh, so, of the very same, like the very same property. Right, right. The same no, property. I, I can't think of any. I mean, there's been like, you know, two movies about volcanoes, two movies about asteroids destroying the Earth. Asteroid and one was a comet, but yeah. And then the two Tombstone movies, but I, I can't really think of anything else. Yeah, those three are the um, only ones I can think of. And what's funny but is that... this is the first time where they're far apart, though. This well, is the first yeah, time yeah, where yeah. they're they far They usually apart. come out in the same summer. And what's funny is those previous three movies, the one that was more ridiculous and far from any scientific or historical factor, did better at the box office and was a better movie. Oh. <laughs> like Tombstone Tombstone, and Wyatt Earp. Okay, so Tombstone, if nobody's seen it, you got to go see it. Tombstone basically... Um, basically glorifies the the Earp brothers and, and Wyatt Earp where in real life they were kind of they were kind of scumbags. Um they were douches. But it's more it's definitely the more entertaining yeah, of definitely. the two. I think the other one's more historical. Yes, and more boring apparently too. And uh, I actually didn't even see I think I saw like thirty minutes of Wyatt Earp and couldn't watch anymore. And then of course Armageddon and Deep Impact came out the same summer and Armageddon was done by Michael Bay. So right then and there, you know, there's nothing scientific about that movie. The right. fact that there's like fire in space and no gravity uh, or actually gravity <laughs> at certain points in time. But yeah, only when they felt like it. Yeah. Yeah. When they lost. Yeah. Track. That, that, that movie was, was crazy, but again, it was way entertaining where deep impact was more about the emotional um, aspect of it. Like, what do you do? You know, this thing is coming. What, what do you go find your loved one? Do you go try to hide? Do you try to, you know, it's like very emotional. Like the way that movie ends is pretty emotional in a few parts, but right. Um, Armageddon is just pure entertainment, you know, and uh, until the very end, it's a little emotional, but not really. I think spoilers, Bruce Willis dies, but I didn't give a shit. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, so okay, what did you think about? The animation, like, you was, know, this kid, you know, this great. kid is basically by himself, right? For most <laughs> of it, yeah. I mean, they couldn't fake the little animals, but they could probably fake like Baloo, somebody standing in his place. But for the most part, he probably was standing alone on a green screen. Yeah, what I liked about this movie is that they didn't start it out with him just talking to the wolves. They actually had that whole action sequence where he's running and and he's being chased down by the wolves and the uh, and the, and Bakira. Um, or Bagheera. And uh, that was just really cool. It was kind of like this kind of build up. And then when they started talking, it just kind of eased right into it. it. It didn't throw it in your face kind of thing. Like it just really eased you into it. And that, um, damn, that uh, Bagheera looked awesome. That was probably my favorite. Besides Baloo, that was my other favorite animal, like in the whole thing. Yeah, Ben Kingsley um, was really great as uh, Bagheera. Much better than he was um, than he was as uh, the Mandarin in Iron Man three. So <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah. The, the 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 casting is just top notch. Um, even the Christopher Walken thing, I thought, kind of pulled me out of the the movie. But then when I went back and watched the cartoon, I was kind of surprised at how kind of close that kind of was to it to the oh, original. That's weird. And you know, the Scarlett Johansson thing, not that big of a deal considering. 
You probably could have got anybody to play that part because it was just like they five minutes of it. Like just to, I almost think that like she did it because she, you know, was friends with Favreau from Iron Man. So because it was, it oh, yeah, literally wasn't that possible. big of a, you know, it wasn't really that big of a deal. Like she didn't do something that was like, oh wow, that was amazing. Like out right, of every right. out of everybody, basic. like she didn't make an impact at all. It was the special effects telling his backstory that made more of an impact. Like the porcupine that Gary Shanling did made a bigger impact on me than Ka did. Yeah, or the voice of Ka, I should say. So not that yeah. not that Scarlett Johansson is a bad actress, but as far as what she did in the movie, wasn't really that big of a deal. She didn't really need to do it. Yeah, I agree with you. So you talked earlier about some of the remakes they did, and I kind of looked some stuff up, and Cinderella remake actually did really well. It did like over five hundred and something uh, million worldwide. Alice in Wonderland made a billion. Maleficent made seven hundred and fifty million worldwide, and. There, there's talks. I mean, there's a, a huge amount of property that they've um, released. I think last year in the Disney Expo or something like that of stuff that they're going to make live action. One of them um, was a trailer that we saw of Pete's Dragon. Okay. Uh, when I watched Jungle Book, they had Pete's Dragon trailer uh, with uh, Dallas Bryce Howard. Uh, Dallas was it Bryce Dallas Howard? Sorry. Uh, Beauty and the Beast is out next year, and I think that's with Emma Watson. Yeah, who's playing, doing the uh, Beast? I know when when Emma Watson got cast for Beauty and the Beast, I was like, "Oh, that's good casting right there." But I was interested um, to know who Dan, did the Beast. Dan Stevens. I don't. I'm not sure. I know who that. Is. But but it's all cast of celebrities too. Like I forget who plays Gaston. Like everybody, it's really well known. You know what's um, funny about that movie is that I read something the other day about Beauty and the Beast, and uh, it has to do with the the premise of the reason why the beast was cursed, right? Or the the prince was cursed. And what's funny in the cartoon, he he looks like he's like in his teens or you know in his twenties yeah. or something like that. But I think somewhere in the original story, he's actually ten years old. And and I read on the oh, internet, it's like so this old lady shows up, this beggar shows up to this guy's castle, um, and a ten year old kid turns away a beggar, a creepy old lady at his front door, probably because he was scared <laughs> shitless because he's fucking 10, and then he's cursed for the rest of his life and the entire castle. That's not fair. Yeah, it's completely <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah, because the movie version, he's like older, and he's he's kind of a, he's kind of dickish, you know? He's, yes, he's yeah. He's entitled, and so that kind of made sense. And he, no, nobody ages either. Like, he's the same, he looks exactly the same as he does in the, right. in the, in the torn up picture. But yeah, somewhere, did a, somewhere he's ten years old in the original story, so it's kind oh, of fucked my up. God. You know, a lot of the original stories they're changing, or they've changed, they disnified them, if you, if, if you will. Um, I I also read that they are going to make a remake of The Little Mermaid, but interestingly enough, they got Sofia Coppola is attached to direct it, and she is not going to make it all Disneyfied. She's going to make the I think the original ending, which she doesn't dies, go right? well for her. She yeah, dies. She gets turned into one little seaweed by Cruella. Or not Cruella. Um what's the name of the octopus? I can't even remember. I don't remember. Um it's been a while. Ursula. So she's Is yeah, it Ursula? So she's gonna direct that. Who? Is it Ursula? Ursula, there you go. Yeah. Um so Ursula actually changes her to like into a seaweed. Um, yeah, she dies. <laughs> yeah, actually, most of the most of the brothers Grimm stories that 
Disney Disney fied, the main characters are usually usually get killed. Yeah, like I think she makes a sacrifice for the for the good of the ocean or her people or something like that. I can't remember. Um, I think Tim Burton's attached to do Dumbo. Really? Uh, if he if he does do that. Seriously? Um, it's Tim Burton's going to do Dumbo? Well, it's it's saying right now, yeah, it's because he found so much success in Alice in Wonderland that I think they wanted him to do another thing, and I think he's attached to do Dumbo so far. So Johnny Depp, so Johnny Depp's going to be in it with a long nose and white makeup and a fucking British accent. <laughs> with big ears flying around. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um Mulan, we know Mulan is going to happen. Right. Um, and you know what's funny? I said earlier, make sure they don't get Scarlett Johansson. There's an actual petition out there with over 80,000 signatures that says, please do not hire a Caucasian actor for the lead role. <laughs> the fact that somebody has so, to actually make that petition, that's how fucked up Hollywood is. Can you fucking is. believe it? It really is. It's a fucked up world that we live in for that. That's crazy. Um, I don't think they're going to go that route, but you never know. Um, Pinocchio, I hear someone's writing a script about Pinocchio and the guy that wrote about a boy is, uh, writing that. And that's a really good movie about a boy. If you've ever seen that with yeah, Hugh Grant. Yep. That's a good movie. It's got Nicholas Holt in it. Really good. Nicholas Holt. Yeah. Is very little in that movie. Beast, little beast. Um, live action Winnie the Pooh of all things. What? Yeah. Where Christopher Robbins, like, uh, older and he comes back to the hundred acre woods and comes across his gang again. And but they're that, all live Winnie action. the Pooh is not fun. I don't remember really much about Winnie the Pooh. Like, been I don't in, either, like, but, it, but this feels like, like uh, Oh yeah. I've read, um, they've made like five movies, new movies since, you know, a long time ago, they have a bunch of movies, but essentially it's a very odd, um, I want to say it's British. I can't remember, but it's, it's just odd storytelling. Like the, all the characters are way different and the type of story that they tell is already really weird. They make up words like Jabberwocky and you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but this one kind of has the feel of that movie hook, you know, where Peter Pan's grown up and he goes right to yeah. Neverland. That was a good so one. So this is Christopher Robin all grown up. Yeah. You know, usually there's these themes of like, when you grow up, you don't have these, you know, your imagination goes away with you, goes away with age. And so was it Spielberg that directed hook? Yes. Or did he produce it? No, he directed that movie. Okay. What's interesting about that is that the, the kid who ends up being in the main kid in that movie, his son who ends up being the, he's in can't hardly wait. Yeah. The nerd in can't hardly wait. So, the actor or the other kid that was in Jurassic Park auditioned for Hook and didn't get it. But Spielberg actually promised him that, like, he didn't think he was right for the part, but he would put him in another movie, and it ended up being Jurassic Park, which obviously oh, made a ton more money than, you know, than Hook. <laughs> yeah, so you got I think more he, recognition. Yeah. Totally. Um, so, yeah, and then... You know, I guess they're making a Tinkerbell movie, um, Sword in the Stone, which would be badass because yeah, that would be there's good. a part in, there's a part in in Sword of the Stone 
that I could tell that J.K. Rowling took and put it into the fifth Harry Potter, where Dumbledore and Voldemort at the end have that massive magic battle. Okay, which was so badass with the witch. He does uh, it with the witch in the Sword in the Stone, right? He does like I think a, like the two wizards fight it out, or a wizard and a witch at the end. It's, a, it out, it's, it's the witch, I think. Yeah, and they use their cunning. They change into different shapes to fight against each other. And right. One finally bests the other in the end. Yeah, that's it's fantastic. Good I thought it was kind of creepy. So I would love to see watching that. that too. Yeah, it was in 1983. Um, that movie came out. Um, so it's funny. We t- I talked about Aladdin earlier. They are going to make an Aladdin, but not before they make a genie prequel. Um, which I don't know how they're going to do without Robin Williams. But the only other person that's played uh, the genie was. Uh, Dan Castane- Dan Castellaneta, who is the voice of Homer Simpson. Hmm. Um, he did the genie's voice in um, uh, Aladdin 2, Return to Jafar. And people hated that movie, and then Robin Williams came back for the third one. Um, Prince Charming, the Cinderella thing. Um, let's see, Mary Poppins. We've heard that they're going to remake Mary Poppins with uh, Emily Blunt, I think. Which is a pretty good casting. It's good casting, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you would replace her or, or uh, you know, Julie Andrews or Dick Van Dyke, right? I don't. Right, know like that's do just so iconic. It's just, it's just dumb. I don't know. I mean, people are going to go see it if it's. In, I mean, let's put it this way: if if they make a remake like Favreau did for Jungle Book, I'm going to go watch it. But I'm yeah. I'm skeptical because. Because the the Jungle Book remake, Favreau's remake, is is the exception, not the rule. I mean, how many they did Cinderella, Maleficent, and that's it, right? So far, or they, um, they did Cinderella, S- Maleficent, and they and they're counting Alice in Wonderland because that right. Was a okay, so those are that was four. The first one. Those are four movies. That's including the Jungle Book, and only one of them to me is any good, and that's the Jungle Book. I feel the same way. You know, I think the other movies just based on merit, based on nostalgia, or whatever, made a lot of money. But this one is actually the real deal. This is um, such a fantastic. Yeah, there were certain remake. things in Maleficent that were pretty good, but overall, that movie was not good. Um, no, well, casting Angelina Jolie was actually perfect casting when I heard that. Yeah, she the, the, her story was pretty good, but the everything around it didn't play very well to it. I loved the fact that they. They tried to tell her as a, like a, a a different story, like she was the tragic fe- uh, character in the in the in the story. So that right. was diff- that was different. Right. I liked that, but like for some reason, the rest of it just didn't work. Um, Sleeping Beauty herself kind of sucked in the movie. Um, act- basically, everything besides Angel- Jolie, Angelina Jolie sucked in that movie. Um, well, I th- I think everything's leading up to this. Like I I've heard reports that Beauty and the Beast is like blowing people's minds because of the um, I think they're doing mocap mm-hmm. with uh, all the all the you know the candlestick and you know all that stuff. Yeah, uh, chip the clock and the chest and all that stuff. Is Angela Lansbury um, still alive? I think so. Because yeah, she's the I think she she's is. the she's the teapot. She did the teapot and then the little little kit, yeah, Chip, the little teacup. I mean, you can recast Chip, whatever, but Angela Lansbury is still alive. Damn, put her in it. <coughs> that would be awesome, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but also, so just real quick, but the, I mentioned the sword and the stone. I didn't know this, but uh, they hired a Game of Thrones writer to do it um, because it's the story about King Arthur. 
So we're going to so see a lot of tits in it? So that <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot of a lot of senseless gratuitous yeah. nudity in it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be called Sword Sword and the Bone. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're going to call it. There's going to be there's going to be a section of the movie where somebody's looking into a peephole, getting a blowjob while watching two other people fucking. Oh, by the way, spoilers spoilers for Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of nudity. I, I didn't make that up. That actually does happen in Game of Thrones. So if you've never seen Game of Thrones, I didn't make up that fucked up story I just said. That actually happens. No, and, all, and all of you guys out there who love Game of Thrones, number one, we're going to be doing a, a pod shortly about that. But number two, um, go look up on either YouTube or Hulu or somewhere. Look up the SNL sketch sketch that Saturday Night sketch on Game of Thrones. Andy Samberg it's plays so it. so fucking funny. <laughs> A 13-year-old kid who, like, adds all the nudity to the scripts and all that. <laughs> yeah, they actually reference that. They actually reference that scene in, in the SNL skit. Yeah, it's so funny. But, um, yeah, anyway, so, folks, Jungle Book is amazing. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it. If, uh, hopefully you saw it. Otherwise, you got spoiled. But uh, it's a fantastic movie. One of those movies that are going to transcend, you know, generations to come and actually be, like, a classic just like Elf. But John Favreau did a really bang up job. Don't get turned away by the other three movies sucking of them trying to make it into you know live action. This one actually does work. <laughs> and if you can, if you can, go see it in IMAX because this movie. Oh, absolutely! All the details that you see in the in the theater, just just go see it in IMAX, and you'll realize how ridiculous the details are because you see every hair follicle possible in this movie, and like. The, just the minute details of Shere Khan when he goes in, steps in the mud, and then he's got mud on the bottom of his paw, but you see it in this giant IMAX screen, and how much they pay attention to the special effects in this is ridiculous. It's, That's it's crazy. Go, go see the movie. I We both highly recommend it, but if you can, go see it in IMAX. Not Fomax. Go see it in real IMAX. Right. It is Chew approved. It's fantastic. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, that is episode 19 of Chew on This, an Energy United podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. Chew on that. Till next time. Later. <laughs> <laughs>